God, every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us, God, to bring oppression, to bring depression, God, to bring heaviness, I bind right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I loose today your garment of praise upon your people, God. God, we're going to praise you in spite of, God, what we see, what we hear, God. We're going to give you glory, we're going to give you honor, and we're going to give you praise, God, because we know what you have already done. So our lives are not based on man, God. Our lives are based upon you, because, God, you are God and not man that you should lie. Neither the son of man that you shall repent. God, have you not said it? Shall you not do it? Have you not spoken it? And shall you not make it good, God, on today? So, God, as we go forth, God, with your word on today, God, I speak, God, that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. I thank you for my helper, my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, illuminate the word. Let there be light coming from the word today. That it penetrates our very being. So that when it come out of my mouth, it comes out like a fire. That devours everything going on around us. It comes out like a hammer to break the rocks into pieces. It comes out like a two-edged sword. Thank you for your word because it's a lamp under our feet and a light unto our paths. And the entrance of the word on today gives us light and gives us understanding. So we're so grateful for your word. Father, quicken us according to your word. And I thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. We are still um, doing the teaching on how well do you know God. And we keep adding to this teaching because I believe that in a time that we're living now, we need to know him well. We need to know him better than we know anyone or anything. And if we do, we can get through what's going on around us. That's the only way you're going to make it. Not dependent on man, but dependent on God. Because we know that man's intentions, they mean well, but they're not God. So we can't put all our trust in man, waiting on man to fix something that they don't even know how to fix. And we can't wait on man to fix something that don't know God. This is why God put people in places with man to give his counsel unto man. So man will be able to carry out what God would have for them to do. I'm telling y'all, in this day and time, God has already made a way. The problem is we're not connecting with the way that he's made. And the only way you can make connection is through knowing him. And the only way you can know him is through the word of God. So that's where we want to go today. So we was in John chapter 8. And I was talking about in John chapter 8 about how Jesus was talking to the ones that believed on him. So let's go back to John chapter 8 and We're going to start from there, and I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm just going to add to it. In John chapter 8, and I'm going to start at verse 30. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Do you see as the word is spoken, people began to believe what they're hearing. So we know that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by what? The word of God. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If we, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You may be seated. 
So first of all, we have to hear the word of God. In order to believe it, we have to hear it. That's where faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the enemy knows that if he can keep you from the word of God, you're not going to have faith in what's already true. So it is our... Um, what God wants us to do is to stay in the word and allow the word to stay in us. So when situations come up out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is going to begin to speak. So whatever you put in you is what's going to come out of you. When you spend more time, whatever you're spending more time with, that's what you're going to f- reflect. That's what you're going to become. If you spend more, most of your time in front of the television and listening to what the television is saying instead of spending more time in the word to know the difference, you're going to do what man is saying. But when you spend time with God, I mean really spending time with God, really overdosing on the word of God, did you know you can literally overdose? On the word of God. Now, we, when you overdose on the word of God, make sure you get some illumination from that overdose. Because, see, sometimes you can go in there and you can overdose and you can just read it just to say what you read. I read this many chapters. But if you don't know what the word of God is saying, that's all you did was just read. But when you take the time to meditate on the word of God, allowing the word of God to open your eyes, to give you that illumination, to bring change, I'm telling you, that's when you know you've been quickened by the word of God because your atmosphere around you begin to change. Your way of doing, your way of seeing begins to change. You don't see the things that you saw no more. If you've been saved for so many years and you see in the same thing, you ain't been illuminated yet. You ain't been quick and if your life the way you live in is the same way that you always have lived you ain't been illuminated you ain't been quickened by the word because you cannot be saved for 20 years and doing the same thing and you say you in the word of God something is wrong with that picture that's why we have to um, turn away from those things that takes us away from what the word of God is saying people Places, material things, anything that takes more of your time than the word of God takes, that's your God. That's your idol. Whomever or whatever you're spending more time with, it may be your job. It may be, you know, a best friend. It may be in your closet. It may be with your pocketbooks. It may be with your animals. Whatever, whomever you're spending more time with, that's your idol. That's who you worship. How do you know that's your idol? Because when something go on with it, you can't take it. You act like you can't live without it. Or when someone mess up something that belonged to you, you upset and you're mad because you made it your idol and you expect it to, to stay the way that you want it to stay. So this is why we have to come to know the truth. We have to know what the truth is really saying to us because the enemy, he twists the truth to make it look like it's true, but it's a lie. And the only way you're going to know the difference is with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is there to help you. He's there to teach you. He's there to open up the word unto you. He's there to bring light. From the word of God, that illumination, that's why we ask the Lord to open up the eyes of our hearts so we'll be able to know what was the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory. And, you know, if we don't do these things, we're thinking that, oh, I can do this on my own. See, book knowledge that you got taught in school is different from word knowledge. 
It's different from the word of God. Sometimes people spend hours, you know, dealing in a book and what that book says and what is happening is even though you save that book, which is not the word of God is changing you. It's transforming you. Even though you're saving your spirit change, you're not going to be able to get from the spirit what God has already supplied because you're renewing your mind according to man and not according to the word of God. This is why you can't read every book because they say it's good. Because everything that's good, y'all, is not good. And some of us don't know the difference. You know, people are saying that, you know, oh, you're so good, but they're not saved. It's no one good but God. And all that come from him. Until you get saved, until you get to know him the way that you need to know him, guess what? You're part of the kingdom of darkness until you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it's nothing good about the kingdom of darkness. I can show good ways, but I'm still not good. I'm still not walking the way I need to walk. I remember when my aunt was ministering salvation unto me, she would always tell me, you're such a good girl. And she looked at me as such a good girl because she didn't see everything I was doing. She didn't know everything I was doing. My appearance, my outward appearance, it appeared to be good. But one thing she knew is she knew I wasn't saved, but I think she was using that line on me just to not hurt my feelings to know, you know, you ain't saved. And you know you need to come to Jesus. We need to have a Jesus meeting. But she didn't do all that. The only thing she says, you're a good girl and you need to come to Jesus. And my response to my aunt was, and it wasn't Aunt Shirley over there. My response to my aunt was, why should I come to Jesus when I see everybody else who has come to Jesus living like they don't know Jesus? That was my response, y'all. I was young then. I responded that way. I said, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that way. So this is what I'm saying. Everything that you see that's good ain't good. You got to know the difference. Somebody can give you a million dollars and don't know Jesus. And you thinking it was a good thing because they made you rich. But where would they be? Just because they gave you a million dollars don't mean they're going to heaven. Just because people are donating and giving cars and giving houses, everybody say, oh, they so good. They just blessing people. They're doing it to get some tax write off people. They're doing it to help themselves. And if you don't know what's behind that, some people say, well, they were good to me. Yeah, they probably was, but they did it to help themselves. God know the heart. And I was telling my husband this morning on the way coming, I say, you know what? People are always saying things of saying, you know, I'm doing this for God and I'm doing that for God and da 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 and seem like nothing is happening. And this is what God told me. He said, nothing is happening because your heart ain't right. What am I saying? Some people do stuff to get stuff. They don't do it because their heart want to do it. Some of us have been shaping in a mold to say, this is what you have to do to get this. But when you know who you are in him, when you spend time with him and you get to know him, you're not doing anything to get nothing. You're just doing what the word of God says because it's already yours. See, that's where we're messing up. 
We don't know what already belonged to us. We're working hard to get what we already got, y'all. Some of us, even in our marriage, we're working hard to keep a husband or keep a wife. Evidently, they can't be kept because they were never yours. They don't belong to you. We have to understand who they belong to first. They belong to God. And until they turn their heart over to God, you can't keep nothing that don't want to be kept, people. No matter what you do, lose weight, gain weight, more makeup, more nails, more hair, more everything. Giving them all you got, it don't matter. You can't change that person. The only one can change the person is the word of God. And if you spend time more in the word, getting you the way you need to be according to the word, the life that you live is going to speak volumes to them and they're going to begin to bow down to the word, not you. We're spending too much time trying to keep people. We're trying to keep them in a certain place by doing what they want us to do because we want to feel needed and wanted. We still feel rejected, yet we have Jesus. There is no rejects in Jesus. He's already accepted us in the beloved. He's already adopted us even before we were adoptable. He already made a way for us even before we knew a way was made. He laid down his life for us. Even when we didn't deserve it. That's just how much he loved us. He did everything that needed to be done even before we accepted him. It was already done. So we need to quit trying to be people pleasers. When our ways please the Lord, he would even make our enemies at peace with us. If you still have enemies and they're not at peace with you, you need to go back and check yourself. Because I'm a living witness. God will take your enemies The ones that have lied on you, the one that have falsely accused you, and he will have them at peace with you. And some of them don't even understand why they're at peace with you. It's because when your ways please the Lord, you're lining up with his way of doing, he's going to have those enemies on your side. We don't have to try to win them over. Because when we're doing what God tell us to do, they're already won over. So our lives have to reflect him, y'all. And we don't try to reflect him just to draw attention. Some people try to reflect Jesus to draw attention to themselves. Jesus said that if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn unto me. What he was talking about was the cross. The day that he's lifted up on that cross, all men are going to be drawn unto him. So when we lift him up, when we lift up what he has done, that's when people are drawn to him and not you. So when we get over us, and I'm going to tell you something, it's a lot of us in this room. It's more than us, it's me, myself, and I up in here. And we try to always make things fit the way we want them to fit because we feel like that's the right way of doing. But I have learned and I have come to know that I'll say, Lord, this is the way I want to do it. But I need for you to show me how you want it done. God, this is how I'm feeling 
right now and it feels quite good. I feel at peace with it, but God, I need for you to check me. Because I don't want to do anything outside of what you want me to do just because it feel good. Come on now, we got some James Browns in the room that got that feeling. We do, you get that feeling and sometimes that feeling feel good when you with the right person, you feel like you got that feeling that that's who God has for me because they're treating me in a way I want to be treated. And the thing is, you're using that dialogue because you don't even know how you need to be treated because you haven't spent time to get to know him to know how you need to be treated by a man or woman. God will love you to a place that nobody can fulfill it. No matter what they do, they cannot fulfill that place. Because you have fell so much in love with Jesus. When somebody come along, you have to really say, God, look, I don't feel like they can take your place right now. Because you have developed me so much in you. That God, I don't feel like it's nothing that they can do. To replace you. That's where God want us. God said, I don't want to be replaced by no one. When you really love me, you don't replace me. I believe somebody want to hear this because I haven't even started where God want to go. But God said, it's too many people replacing me. You feel like you cannot do anything without this person or that person you feel like if somebody don't call you call your digits on different days or di- when different things are happening in your life you feel like you're left out but let me tell you something the bible said when you call him he said when you call upon me he said i'm never busy He said, I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Why do we get so caught up in people that when they don't do something we want them to do, it puts us in a certain place that we feel like we can't do what we need to do. Because they didn't do what they said or do what we felt that they needed to do. Y'all, when you get to know Jesus, don't get me wrong. When you get to know him, even when my husband don't do what he do on birthdays or on anniversaries or if the church don't do, it don't offend me. It don't hurt me. Why? Because God has got me in a place with him to say, don't look at man. Look to me. And one thing that we have to know is if you got to remind someone, it's my birthday, it's my birthday now we do forget sometimes. Don't don't think that people don't think about you. They do forget sometimes, but the Holy Spirit will bring it back up, right? Come on, y'all. I forget my age sometimes. Somebody have to remind me because I ain't thinking about my age. I just go on. <laughs> but some people they think about, oh, I'm getting old. I got gray hair. I got the color of my hair. Look at the wrinkles. You right now I can get a face to lift. You right now I can get this lifted or that lifted. The only thing need to be lifted is Jesus. That's the only thing need to be lifted is Jesus. But you know why we want to get stuff lifted up and scratched out and kind of put back in? It's because when we watch other folk, you'll never be satisfied with you as long as you're watching someone else. And the more you watch them, the more you want what they got. And you don't know what it takes for them to keep it together. You don't know how much money they spent to keep it together. Well, you know I'm getting more compliments Because I'm this size. 
I get talked about when I was this size. But you got to have security in him. And not in folks. So saying all that, I'm going here back to knowing the truth. When you know the truth, you're not worrying about people. You're not worrying about what they say or how they say it. You're like Jesus. You're humbly submitting yourself unto the Father because you know he's the only one that has already healed your broken heart. So when we get to know him, y'all, in the way that we need to know him, we're not overtaken. Things will come and they will try to move us. But guess what? The word is what keeps us. So that's why every day I say, Lord, I'm kept by you. Lord, thank you for keeping me. Lord, show me how to stay kept. And it's through. And you know what he always say, y'all? My word. My word will keep you. But he always want us to come to him. He always want us to seek him. Because when we come to him and we begin to seek him, he knows that we're trusting him. Go with me to Genesis. We're back at Genesis. Genesis chapter 2. So we're still talking about how well do you know him. And we talked about um, knowing him is knowing the truth. And when you know the truth, continue in the truth, abide, remain in the truth, then you're his disciples. You have to continue in his word. But Genesis chapter 2, the Lord was showing me this. And verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Let's go back to verse 1. It says that the heavens and the earth were finished. When something is finished, y'all, it is complete. That means there's nothing else that need to be done to it. So this is what God want me to talk about to add to knowing him. He said, when you know me, you should know it's finished. When you know me, you should know it's finished. So God began to take me through the word dealing with it is finished. Y'all remember that when Jesus came to earth, he had a work to do for the father. And Jesus was saying that he has come to do the father's will. And he was going to finish the work that God had given to do. That means Jesus was saying, I'm going to complete that work. So he said, I cannot leave here. Before that work is completed, understand that when Jesus walked the earth, it was many things that was coming against Jesus to stop him from, from completing, from finishing what God had put in his hands. Can you imagine the way people ridiculed him, the way people talked him down, the way people despised him? They even tried to kill him. But guess what? God spared him. They tried to kill him while he was in the womb, y'all. They tried to get rid of him, but God had somebody in place to, you know, hear what he was saying at the time, which was Joseph. God was speaking to Joseph. He was telling Joseph, this is what I need for you to do on behalf of Mary, on behalf of my son. 
This is where I need for you to be. This is where I need for you to go. What am I saying? God has a work for each and every person that's in this room. And if we look at it the way God has laid it out in his word, God wants you to finish. He wants you to complete what he has given you. You can't look at COVID to take you out before that completion is done. Because God know when it's time for you to leave this earth. But some people leave here before time because they don't even know what God want them to do. But God will put people in front of you to encourage you just like he did Joseph. To watch over his word, to hasten his word, to perform it in your life. He'll send people to you to remind you, I have work for you to do. And you're not going to leave before this work is done. Not unless you want to leave before the work is done. Because I'm watching over what I have placed in your hands. So God sent people to encourage us. I remember when this lady had told me that God wanted me to receive this person in my life, which was my mom. And I didn't want to do it because I didn't know her that well. And I was scared to receive her in dreams. And every time I would see her in a dream, I would wake up quickly because I said, I don't, I don't want to receive her. So this is what I'm saying. God knew the work that he had for me to do. So what he did, he sent a lady to my house. And the first lady he sent, she looked at me and she said, God said, you need to receive his servant. And I'm like, no, I don't. So I didn't listen. I said, no, I don't. I'm being honest. No, I don't. I was just scared, y'all. So then um, I went to this service and the Lord put an unction on me to go to this lady's house. I didn't understand why I needed to go, but it was just a push. You need to get to this lady's house. So I told my friend, I said, I need to go to this house. I don't understand why, but I need to go. She said, if you say you need to go, I know God is unctioning you. We're going to go. When I went to the house and the lady opened the door, she said, I've been waiting on you. Y'all, my knees were knocking because I knew something is up. I don't know what it is. So when I sat down, the lady's eyes was closed. She sat down and she began to point at me and she said, God said, you need to receive his servant. His servant has a message for you and you need to receive her, your mom. Oh, my knees. It really started knocking, y'all, because I'm like, okay, this is the second time I heard this. God, I don't know why you want me to receive my mother, but God, whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do it. So I went home that night, and I slept so close to my husband. But I was willing and ready, Lord, just bring on, bring on, bring on. And y'all, at the time, I didn't see her no more. But then it was one night, I remember, in a dream, the first time I saw her, she was sitting in a chair. And as she was sitting in the chair, her she was looking forward and her hair was real long. And she had a gold streak going down the back of her hair. And I said, where is my mother? She stood up and she said, I'm your mother. And she did like this. And I placed my hands in her hands. And as I placed my hands in her hands, she began to speak in a heavenly language. And I didn't understand what she was saying, but then I began to speak in a heavenly language. And as I began to speak in that language, she went down and I stayed up and I said, okay, God, I have received her. But what God was telling me, you're going to finish what she didn't complete. You're going to finish the work that she did not complete. Understand this. What God was saying is what God had for her to do. Now, my ministry is sort of different from hers, but God was letting me know it hasn't stopped. That's what he was letting me know. Then the enemy tried to come in, y'all. 
And I saw her behind a pulpit, but this time she was in all black. And when she come off the pulpit, she grabbed my arm and she said, you have to come with me. And when I looked at her, I knew that was not the same lady I met the first time. And I snatched away and I said, I'm not going with you until I finish the work God has called for me to do. And I woke up. Let me tell you how God confirmed that dream. He sent me to another service. We're talking about it is finished. He sent me to another service and he told me the color he wanted me to wear. It was all red. I was obedient to the Lord. And in that service, it's like the more I stood up, the weaker I got. I didn't understand it. But the Lord said, I want you to stand. See, the enemy didn't want me there. But the lady, about close to the end of her service, she said, you in red, come come here. When I went to her, she said, the Lord said the devil is trying to kill you. But God's got work for you to do. So what, what am I telling you? Whatever God has for you to do, it is the enemy's intention to take you out. He want to take the ones out that God has set apart for such a time as this. The ones that God has his hand upon that he's using, you're going to go through some things that you've never been through before. Things are going to begin to come at you in your home, out of your home, in your family, all around you. It's just like death keep knocking at your door. But I'm here to tell you that God said you shall live. You shall finish the work that God has called for you to finish. It's not a time to get up, um, to, to lay down. It's a time to rise up and move forward in what God has for you, despite what people say, despite of, of what's going on around you. This is why when God, Jesus said, it is finished on that cross. He knew when he walked the earth, everything he went through. Do y'all remember in the word when Jesus, it was time for him to die, for him to be crucified. He was human, y'all. And the Bible says that he told his father, not my will, but let your will be done. He said, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. But he said, not my will, God, but your will. Jesus knew he was going to be crucified. The only way it could be finished, he had to die. Can you imagine? He done no, no nobody wrong. He had no sin in his life. But he had to die for all our sin. He laid down his life for us and he was an innocent man. Can you see your child getting electrocuted? You know they didn't do it. They know they didn't do it. But somebody else did. But they died. So Jesus, before he died, he said, it's finished, Father. I have accomplished everything that you have sent me to do. Father, I have accomplished it for you. It is finished. Sin is no more separating them. Sin won't be able to separate them from you no more. Sin won't be the problem for them getting into you, Father. The only thing that will keep them from you is not accepting me because I've done away with that separation. I done away with what was separating them. So Jesus acknowledged, I have come to do the will of my father. And John 17, he said, Father, I have accomplished, I have completed, I have 
finish the work you have sent me to do. Now, God, glorify me. Put me back where I was. Oh, y'all, put me back where I was because it is finished. Jesus knew what it mean for it to be finished. I'm going somewhere. So the Bible says that God finished creation. Finishing it mean it was complete. But then the Bible went on to say, and on the seventh day, seven means perfection. It means completion. On the seventh day, it said God ended. They go ended mean complete finish. So he's using words here. He's talking about finish. That mean complete. That mean ended. That mean complete. That mean finish. Why is God putting all this here? He said on the seventh day. Seventh mean perfection. It means completion. He ended his work. He completed his work. But then the key is after he did it, he rested. Rested mean he rested from labor. That's what it means. He rested from labor. So God completed. He finished. It was perfection. That means it was no flaws in it. It didn't have, need to have nothing else done to it. Nobody needed to touch it because it was created in perfection. The way God wanted to be everything he created was good. So God said, you know what? I'm going to rest because there's nothing else. Y'all going to catch it in a minute. It's nothing else that need to be done. Guess what, y'all? And this is what he's saying. And he gave you the clue in verse 3 when it said, And God blessed the seventh day. He blessed it because there wasn't nothing else that needed to be done to it. He blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Sanctified is being made holy. means it was set apart. Because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. That's why the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day was not a day that people are using today. The Sabbath day, God used that to say everything is complete. Everything is done. Nothing don't need to be done again. When you go back and you look at his creations, pay attention. When God created the earth... He told the earth, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go in. Let's go back to one. Genesis chapter one. Look what he said to the earth. Verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. So God told the earth, this is what I want you to do. So guess what? From the time God said it up to now, that's what the earth is doing. God didn't go back and create another earth. He just told the earth, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to produce. This is what I want you to do. He even did it, did, did it with the animals. He done it with us. He told us, y'all, this is where I'm going. Check this. Everything. God did not have to create cow after cow. He didn't have to try to create man after man. He didn't say, oh, that man dead. Let me get it. No, this is what God did. This is why he said male and female. He needed them to come together in marriage and procreate. That means you're going to keep multiplying. I want y'all to catch this. He said male and female. Man and woman. I want you to get married. 
And I want you to come together and I want you to multiply this earth. He did the same thing with the animals. He didn't have to go back and recreate because he made it where it will produce after its kind. God is just so good. He did this so he wouldn't have to. It was perfected, y'all. It was complete. That's why he rested. He said everything that needed to be done is done. I don't have to toil. I don't have to labor because it's already done. What am I telling you? It is finished. It is already done. Even when Jesus died, he died once. He's not going back to die again. He died once. And you know what people are still doing? Offering sheep and goats. They're still trying to do something to get something from God. How do I know? Because this is what people say. You're healed. Oh, I hope I'm healed. No, you're healed. You already healed. No, I hope I'm healed. No, you already healed. Why? He's not going to go back and do it again. Healing is already made available. You take hope out of it. You're healed. See, we got to watch our language. You're already healed. No, I'm going to be. No, you already. It's finished. It is complete. It's a done deal. He's not coming back to do it again. Everything you need, once you accept Jesus, is in you. Healing is in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. It's in your spirit. But the problem is, you are not connecting with what you already have. Quit looking for healing. Quit looking for deliverance. And tap in to what you already got. Quit looking for these things. You walking around with it. It's finished. God finished it. He completed it. He rested in what was already done. And that's where I'm going. If it's finished, you rest in what's finished. You rest in what's what's finished. Your labor is laboring in what's already done, not laboring to get it done. You're trying to labor to get something done that's done. God said rest in what's already done. Your labor is laboring in the word to know what you already got. Not to go get it. This is what we're doing. When we want something, we're figuring out how we can work to get it. God made a way 2,000 years ago. Everything about you has already been written. So why don't we go in the word of God and know what's already been written? And we began to labor in what's written. And then it begins to manifest in our lives because we're connecting with our spirit, which is the real you. See, in our spirit, there's everything that we need. We are complete in him. All the fullness of God is in us. We are joint heirs to G- heirs of God, joint heirs to Jesus Christ. We are one in the spirit with him. We are joined unto him as he is. So are we in this world not waiting to be. Everything that Jesus has, have, we already have it. Not waiting to get it. Don't y'all know? 
You know how some people wait the Christmas to get certain things. You just have, oh, you're so joyful. I can't wait to open that box and see what they got for me. It ain't about that box. It's about him. What he's already done. If you never get another gift, you already got it. In him, he's the gift. He's the gift of life. See, when we start talking about him, and that's what God wants. He wants us to be so focused on him that we don't miss anything. We miss stuff because we take our focus off of what we already have. Yes, we're in the world, but we don't live like the world does. God know what we need even before we ask. He said, I know what you're in the need of before you ask. And matter of fact, I already supplied the need in you. But this is how you get the need out of you through going into my word and know what the word is saying concerning that need and begin to meditate on that need. And when you begin to connect with the spirit, you are quickened according to the spirit and your body is following the spirit and not the flesh. Because see, we operate right here out of our belly. That's where the fullness of God is right here in your belly. But some of us are more fuller than others in this part. Did y'all wake up on that? Some of, some of us got more of the fullness of God there than some other people. No, we all got the same. God has given us the same. But it's how you operate in what you have. And that's what God wants us to do. Learn how to operate in what we have. We cannot rest in him until we know what we have in him some of us are still toiling some of us are still trying to figure it out some of us are still trying to work it out some of us are still saying if i lose my job what's going to happen to me you still have everything that you need even if the job is lost because god has already supplied the need even before the need was needed but you have to wait on him and hear him and know what to do and how to do it because god is the one that knows all some of us get in a hurry because we don't like what's going on over here we don't like what's going on over there but God said I want you to stay there because I'm making you I'm causing you to know who I am I'm causing you to rest in me even in the midst of this turmoil that's going on in your life he said you can rest in me because you know me you know what my word has already said unto you God said, there's a rest and that rest is in me. It's not in things. It is in me. Some of us try to find things to give us rest. Some of us try to find pills to give us rest. Some of us try to find alcohol to give us rest. Or may I say wine? (laughs) To give us rest. We take a little sip here. We take a little sip there and. We feel like we have rest in that. But when you ain't sipping that, do you still have rest? See, our rest is supposed to be in what Jesus has done on our behalf. Not on what we're trying to do to find that rest. The more you rest in him, you're resting in what he's already done. Not what it's going to take you to do to get it done. See, we need to quit trying to... Make up stuff to say this is what God is saying. No, God has already said what he's going to say. And what we have to do is a living, live according to what's already been said. God was showing me, getting this teaching out, 
God was speaking to me. He said, I want you to learn how to rest in me. And I knew the scripture in Hebrews 3 and 4 when God was talking about rest. He said, sometimes people think that they're resting in me, but they're not resting in me. He said, people got to learn how to rest in me. Not just saying they're resting in me, but you need to learn how to rest in me. The only way you can learn that is through my word. So God began to show me these scriptures, how he rested. He looked at everything he created it created and he said it was good and that's what we have to do y'all we have to look at everything that God created in the beginning when he created it was good sin did come in the world through that one man but guess what we're in Jesus Christ and everything in him is good it may not look good in the world but we know who we serve So God takes what the enemy means for harm. What does he do? He turn it around. He makes it for our good. So the more you focus on what he want for your life. God, what is your will for my life? God, what would you have me to do for such a time as this? Sometimes we pick and choose. And whatever make us feel good, that's what we go after. But if God is not in that, you'll never be satisfied with it. The reason why we're in ministry for 20 some years is because I didn't pick and choose. I just did what God told me to do. Were there some bumps in the road? Yes, it was a lot of bumps in the roads. It was a lot of things that knocked me down, but I got back up with the help of the Lord. That's why every day I have to say, Lord, help me. Every day, Lord, help me. I can't do this by myself. I know that you're here. I don't know what's ahead of me. So that's why I sit before him and say, this is the day that you have made. I will, I shall rejoice in it, God. I shall be glad because you made this day and you know what part I need to play in it so that's why we come before him and that's resting in him because when you begin to seek him and not seeking everything else you're resting in him in your day you're saying God I want to rest in you today show me God what to do God man prepares his what his heart Man will prepare his heart, but God will order his steps. See, what we have to do is say, Lord, order my steps in your word. God, I want to be ordered by your word today, not by what man is saying or what they think is right. Because y'all, sometimes you can turn on the TV and it sound right. It sound like it's supposed to sound, but it ain't right according to the word of God. So you got to go on what the word is saying, no matter how it appeared to be. See, God want to work inside out. The enemy is trying to work outside in. You got to understand that you can't look at somebody's appearance and say just because they look good and have it all together that everything is good. No, God said, I'm looking at the heart of man. I know what's going on with that person. This is what I want you to say to that man. Don't you look at them just because they got all the money, just because they got the cars, the houses, and all of this, and you thinking they okay. They're not okay. I need for you to give them this because they need me I know what's in the heart so God knows people's heart don't look at their outer appearance because the enemy is working outward inwardly God is working inside out go with me to Hebrews chapter 3 so we see that God said it is a finished work I'm sorry chapter 4 
God said it is a finished work. That means nothing don't need to be done, right? It's already done and our rest is in him. In Hebrews chapter 3, I told you to go to 4, but stay at 4. This is when God was um, speaking about the children of Israel. And the children of Israel, God had given them a promise. And that promise was the land of Canaan. And they had to get to the promised land. Remember, he spoke this through Abraham. And Abraham did not live to see it fulfilled, but Abraham still took God at his word. Isn't that awesome, y'all? Some people today that have spoken some things are not here to actually see it, but they know what God said and God showed it to them afar off. They didn't have to be here for it to happen. They were just standing in faith, believing that what God has said has already happened and I don't have to be here to see it. So we see that Abraham, God told him about the land of Canaan and how he was going to bring his people there. And y'all know the things that they went through. But in Hebrews 3, it was saying that they didn't believe God. They could not enter his rest because of unbelief. And God is telling us today He don't want us to be like them. They died in the wilderness. Where am I going? I don't care how saved you are. You can die before your time. Because you're not trusting God. You're not taking God at his word. So you're not entering in the rest that was already made through Jesus Christ. Our rest is in Jesus, y'all. It's not in man. Doing this COVID-19, we're resting in covid We're resting in everything that they're saying concerning COVID-19. Everything that they say, don't get me wrong. They have to tell you what's going on, but it's up to you to take it to heart or not take it to heart. Because everything that you hear ain't true. See, man's way of doing things, and I'm going to tell you this. And I told Apostle before all of this came, I said, Apostle. It's going to be mandatory for everybody to wear a mask. Did I not, Apostle? I said, when they make it mandatory for everybody to wear a mask, they're still going to have a problem with COVID. I said, the reason why is because you can't control man. God could not even control man because he gave man a will. You can give them a mask. You can give them a hood. You can give them everything you want to give them, but they ain't going to do what you tell them to do because that's man. Because... Hey, the Bible tells you that man's heart is deceitful. It is evil. So they can tell man what to do, but man still got a choice of what they want to do. You can lock down the whole nation, but you still going to see a rise in COVID until they really turn to Jesus. Y'all didn't know? And people saying... People need to do this. No, people need to preach the gospel, the ones that know Jesus, and let them know the only way is Jesus. Or kill everybody. And you're still going to have a rise or something. Death. So this is why I'm saying we have to focus on him. Those Israelites, y'all check it. God sent them the word. He sent them the truth. He had Moses telling them, this is what you should do. This is what you should not do. But he did not force them to do or not to do. But he told them, this is what you should do and what you should not do. The problem with 
everything that's going on is nobody should be forced to do something outside of what they believe. What I mean is it should not be laws written to tell me I have to marry somebody that my faith is saying I shouldn't marry. And if I don't marry them, I'm going to be locked up. They putting that in law. That's against God. But this is what's happening now, y'all. They're coming up with, we want everybody treated equal. But it's going against what you believe. And you're not going to have a say. That's why we're going back to Daniel Day. That's why we're going back to Jeremiah Day. The word speaks of it. You're going back to this day. Come on, the enemy twisted the scripture to make you think it's all right. It ain't all right. That's why you got to pray for people that's in government. That's why Daniel stayed with the wonders open to Jerusalem. And began to pray. God had to keep that prophet so he can decree and declare this is what's going to happen if you do this. He went in the lion's den, but God protected him because he was a mouthpiece for God. And Nebuchadnezzar had to bow down. Because he knew it was no other God that could do that. We're living in this time now. In a Sodom and a Gomorrah. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. No, you haven't. Because it's been twisted. Because that's what man think is right. This is what's right. What's already written is what's right. Don't twist it. Don't twist this. Go back to the beginning. Did you go back to the beginning? The way God created it? It starts right here in Genesis. He told you how he created things. He told you how he wanted things. Just read Genesis. Read Genesis 1 and 2. Read it. Read it. Please read it. He took woman out of man. Not man out of man. Hello, somebody. My Bible say a woman came from that man. It didn't say man came from man. Go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and it tells you how God wants things. After Genesis 3, go on through the Bible and see how God was sending prophets. To remind them that he was El El Yon. The most high God and this is how I want things to be. He sent them word. That's why he said y'all. Those people wandered in the wilderness. Because they chose to. That was not God's plan. God said I'm going to let you wonder because of your heart. Yeah. Some of y'all are still wandering in the wilderness because your heart ain't right. You still in that place in the wilderness because your heart ain't right. So God said, I let you stay that long to see where your heart was for me. And I found out where it was. See, God looks at the heart of man. So this is what he was saying in Hebrews 3. He said, go with me to 3. It says here. In verse 9, 
When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. They saw his works. They saw it. Wherefore, listen at this, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. That means stray away in their heart, and they have not known my ways. The heart is what strays away from God. The heart is what wonders from God. The heart is where the word of God is planted, y'all. So the enemy know if I can get this word away from you before it's planted in your heart, you're going to err. You're going to wander away from what I want you to do, even being saved. So that's why he put stuff on the tube. That's why he put stuff in the airways. That's why he connect you with people you don't supposed to be connected with the enemy, not God. He wants you to be around people that are not like you. He know you ain't been in the word like you need to. So he said, you know what? Get that one right there. They don't go in their word. They don't know the difference. They're saying it with their mouths, but their heart is far from God. So we're going to use this on them. Send them that loose woman. Send them that man while they're burning in lust. See, the enemy already know. He watched you. He know your weaknesses. So he said, these people have wondered. They have strayed. It starts with your heart first, y'all. Where's your heart? Have you really truly given God all your heart? When you give God all your heart, nobody can take it. They may try to take it, but they can't take it because you have given God all of your heart. Nobody can pull you away from him no matter what they do, no matter what they say. Some of us are pulled away from God because we rather have friends than to have God. We rather for that husband to love us the way he need to love us, not the way Christ loved the church. I just need some loving y'all. So whatever he say, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever she say, that's what I'm going to do. I just want peace in my house. Your heart has wandered from God. Because you don't do nothing just to have a quiet house and think everything's okay. Your devil, the devil's playing ricochet in your house. And somebody's getting ready to die. And I'm talking about spiritually. Because you allowing these things to go on because this is what you want. This is what your flesh desire. Maybe if I do this, that's what they did. They wandered away from God. God said, when you get in these lands, don't you go over there and be associating with these people. He said, you're supposed to be different. That's why I'm giving you my laws. So wherever you stop, they know you don't belong here. Because of the way that you're speaking, the way that you're carrying yourself. They know that you don't belong here. This is not what you do. You're not a part of them. You are a part of me. So he said that their heart wandered from me. And then he told us this. In verse 11, so I swore in my wrath, they should not enter my rest. And listen what he's saying, y'all. This is speaking to us. Take heed, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. This is what we have to do as a church. But exalt one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So what is God saying unto us? God is saying unto us today 
that we have to be careful. And if we're not careful by whom we're hanging with or what we're hearing and seeing, our hearts become hardened before God. A hardened heart is a heart that's not sensitive towards God no more. It is callous. It's believing any and everything to be true that's not true. It's turning us away from God. That's why he said up in that previous verse, I love this one. It says in verse 8, harden not your hearts as in provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. But this is what he's saying. He was telling them to hear him. God wants you to hear today. God is bringing this in here for a reason. He wants you to hear what he's saying today. He said, take heed to what I'm saying today. Everything that you need is already in you if you have accepted Jesus. You need to rest in him and not rest in what the world has. God said it is finished. It is already done. Quit trying to do what's already done. Now I'm going to take you on another journey. Dealing with these Israelites. Go to Numbers 13. And Numbers 13... This is what God will do, y'all. God will show you what he has given you if you allow him. He will show you what already belonged to you. In Numbers 13, this is what God said in verse 2. Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. God said, I have already given you the land of Canaan. Check this, y'all. God has already given them something that they have not yet seen. God has given us everything that we need. And the only way we can see it is through the word of God. You're not going to know what you have if you never get in the word. If you don't get in the word, you will not know what belongs to you. You will keep trying to get stuff that you already have. So God said, I want you to tell them to go into the land, search it. I want them to spout that land. God said, go in the Bible. He says, search out what I have given you. That's what he's telling us to search out what you have. I have given you healing. It's already yours. Search it out. Go in the word of God. Search the scriptures for yourself. Know what you have. But then Moses even broke it down some more, telling them what to do in verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And said unto them, get you up this way southward and go into the mountains. But I want to tell you this first. Check this, y'all. Holy Spirit reminded me. The ones that he sent to search was the leaders. The leaders of every tribe. I'm finna hit it now. If you are a leader, a leader leads. And people follow the leader. Because the leader is the one that's leading you. On your job, you have leaders. In your homes, you have leaders, right? And you're supposed to follow that leader, right? So he pulled them out of every tribe. Now we're going to find out who's really leading. Oh, hallelujah. Thank, that's where I'm going. So he pulled out the leaders to search out the land first. God is always going to send somebody before you to search it. So when they come back to you, they can let you know what they found. See, that's why I have to stay in the Bible before I come to you. I have to search things for myself to know what God is saying. 
Even when Paul was speaking in the books of Acts, the Bible said they searched it out. (laughs) Even after they heard it, they went back for themselves to see if what they were saying was true. So Moses began to tell the leaders, he said, this is what I want you to do. He said, and see the land, what it is. We want to see what we have, y'all, through the word. And the people that dwell therein. Oh, my goodness. Leaders even need to come in contact with people that's around them to see what they are in the need of. Amen. Is it Jesus or is it Buddha? Then we said, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, cities that they dwell in, whether tents or strongholds. And then he said, whether it's fat or lean, um, and be of a good courage and bring the fruit of that land. This is where I'm going, y'all. The leaders are supposed to go into the word of God. Leaders, teachers, the fivefold, the ones that's in leadership. You're supposed to be in the word. You're supposed to be searching out that word. You're supposed to know what that word is saying to you first and foremost. You're supposed to get from the word and you're supposed to give to the ones that's under you. How can a leader give something they ain't getting? And you know what they ain't getting by what come out of their mouth that's warped. That ain't right. Don't sound right. Don't look right. Don't even smell right. No, you ain't been where you need to be. You got to go again. That's not what the word of God. Where in the world did you get that from? So that's what they had to do. They had to search it out. They had to see, was it good? Was it bad? See, a leader is going to know what they're hearing, whether it's good, whether it's bad. They're going to know all of these things. So they went and did what Moses said. This is what God is telling me. Some of you leaders are going to do something, but your heart ain't right. They did what Moses told them to do. Moses said, this is what I want you to do. Okay, I'm going to go do it. Because it looked good right then because I'm chosen to lead, y'all. They have given me the right to lead, so I'm going to go lead. Ooh, I feel good because I got something. I got a title. I'm going to lead. So as they go lead, the first thing they saw was some fat grapes. Ooh, they was big. Had to put them on the pole. They saw all the fruit. The fruit looked good. All right, now. That looked good. You know, the belly first. That looked good. So as they got on, it took them 40 days. 40 means testing. See, they were being tested as God was sent. God will test you. Just like Jesus chose Judas Iscariot, he chose him, apostle, to be his disciple, to be his follower. Jesus knew what was going on with him, but he chose him because he knew he was an apostle, but he made the wrong decision. So look at them. They looked at the land and they came back with a report. And this is what they said. Leaders now, check this out. They told him who dwelled in the land. They did everything that God said. This is verse 27. They told him and said, we came into the land, whether thou sent us. They were obedient, right? And surely it flowed with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. So they brought back the evidence. It did flow with milk and honey. Look at this. Nevertheless, the people be strong. They dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And then they begin to describe everybody they saw there and where they dwelled. And look at Caleb, verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once 
and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Even in the midst of what some of those leaders said, Caleb still kept the same word that he heard from God. Even in the midst of what Caleb saw, he did not testify to what man was saying, but he began to still say what God was saying. But the men that went up with him said, see, this is, this is number the devil. Leaders, Christians, I'm talking about Christians. Listen now, I'm talking about Christians doing COVID. But the men went up and said, we be not able to come up against COVID. For they, for COVID is stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. Kovic is eating up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are man of great stature. And there we saw the giants. So they talked about the giants which come of the giants and were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. Now look at this. This is where I'm going. Leaders. God chose these leaders from these tribes. Just like God chose leaders in this house. And he told them, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to carry out. But when things begin to get hard. When things begin to not look like you thought they were going to be because you got a title. Because you were chosen to lead. Now you want to bring an evil report. Them stiff naked people, apostle. They just won't listen. You're going to bring an evil report. This ain't going to work. This ain't working out the way it need to work out. I can't do this no more. I can't get along with this one. I can't get along with that one. I just quit. But then there's one that stands up and say, we can do this, apostle. Ain't nothing but the enemy coming to get us against us. We can still do what God has called us to do. As long as we keep the vision that God has given us, we can get through this. But then here come the other leaders that join in with the other one. They're right. It's the same people causing the same mess. We can't get through this, apostle. I just quit today. They, 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 they ain't respecting us. They're bigger than we are. They know more than we know. In their eyes, we're just little grasshoppers. And in our eyes, I see myself as nothing. In the church. I'm breaking it down. These are the ones that's supposed to have to search the word. Who, Jesus? The ones that's supposed to have been in the word. Hearing about opposition is going to come. Hearing about family is going to hate you. Hearing about you're going to be persecuted for the word's sake. You're supposed to have been in there knowing these things. You're supposed to have been praying for those who despise. But, but no, we can't do this. No, you can't. But the God in you, that's your problem. You trying to do it. But Caleb, y'all, it was 12 tribes. It was only two people 
out of those 12 tribes that stood up for God and wouldn't come down. Then, in 14, guess what the enemy does now? He used them to stir up the congregation, apostle. He used them with the evil report to turn the people against everybody else. Where strife is, there's contention and there's every evil work. And all the congregation lift up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. Look, look, look at this. This is what's happening now in the world. People are weeping because of COVID-19. Christian folk. Then some Christian folks going where they shouldn't be going because God ain't sent them. They're going for the money. They were always after the money. So they, they ain't looking to God. They're looking to money. That's their idol. God ain't told you to do that, but you're doing it because that was your way of doing things, your way of living. Your way was not trusting God. Your way was doing it the way you wanted it to be done. So that's why you out doing what you do. God ain't told you to do it, but you got to keep up with what you have always done. God know your heart. So they wept all night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation, y'all hear me, said unto them, would God that we have, here they go, died in the land of Egypt, or would God have we died in this wilderness? And wherefore have the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword? Not even putting the wives and children in this, oh. And they said one to another, let us make us a captain and let us return into Egypt. But Moses and Aaron fell on their face in front of all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua began to speak up. Y'all, this is what I'm saying. How well do you know him? When you really know him, you don't quit because somebody wants you to quit. You don't give up because somebody wants you to give up. Did you not know if you're doing something right, the enemy is going to use somebody to try to deter you? To make you feel like you ain't doing it right? Or a person that's in pride when you tell them this is how it need to be done, they want to quit because they don't want you to tell them how you need, it need to be done. So you got to look behind the scenes, y'all. God want us to see what he's seeing so we can do what he's doing. That was Jesus' prayer. He said, I only see what the Father sees so I can do what the Father does. The only way you're going to see what God is seeing is through the word of God. It's not through your natural eyes. It is through the spirit. That's why we walk in the spirit. We don't entertain the flesh. That's why people get mad at people who are walking according to the spirit. It's because they're entertaining the flesh and they're mad because you're shutting flesh down according to the word. If you're giving somebody the word, now it's the way you give it to. It's the way you come at people with the word. You speak truth and, and, and love. You don't just bang them on the head all the time with the word of God. And you don't keep making somebody look like they just don't know. Some people really just don't know, but the way you bring it will help them to know. Don't be a know-it-all. Just bring it in love the way God brought it. Bring it in parables to the ones that don't yet understand. So this is what I'm saying today. God is saying, we have...
have everything we need in him. And when you know you have everything you need in him, you're supposed to be resting in him, not in your situation. Yes, the situation is there. Yes, things look like they're tore up from the floor. You're not denying that. But you're saying, God, this is what you said. And I'm resting in what you said because you're not man, you're God. So I'm going to rest in your word, even though things don't look like they're supposed to look. And I'm going to speak according to what your word says, because God, that's when change come. Speak those things that be not as though they were. So God said, if you hear in his voice today, don't harden your heart. Like in the day that they hardened their heart. Go back to Hebrews. And let's look at, I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Hebrews 4. I want you to see something else in Hebrews 4. I'm going to tell you all something. God know what he's doing. And whatever he does, he does it quite well. In Hebrews 4, listen what it's saying in the Amplified. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still hold and is offered today, let us be afraid to distrust, distrust it. Lest any of you should think he has come too late and has come short of teaching, of reaching it. So he's saying today that this promise of entering in his, to his rest is still for us today. And it's in Jesus Christ. For indeed, we have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Listen, y'all, because it was not mixed with faith, with the leaning of the entirety personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness by those who heard it. Neither were they united in faith with the ones Joshua and Caleb who heard did believe. So we're getting this gospel. We're getting the good news. But if you ain't mixing it with faith, that means trusting in God. Leaning and depending on him. You are in unbelief. And you cannot get what God has already provided in unbelief. Even though it's yours, unbelief means that you're not trusting God. That means that you have hardened your heart to the point of you hear the word, but it's not doing nothing for you because your heart has become hardened. It has become callous. It has become not sensible to the things of God. And the only way you can get your heart back the way it need to be is through going into the word of God, meditating on that word. Remember when Jesus called forth Lazarus, he was all bound up. Jesus could have left him bound. But first he said, remove the rock, remove it. They had to remove that. He came forth bound. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Can you imagine taking bandages off? It takes time, y'all. So God said, you got to take the time in the word of God. Miracle Temple, you ain't slow leaks. God has been saying this from year after year after year. And and some of us are not where we need to be as of yet because we pick this up and we lay it down. We close it up. We don't go back to it until we have a problem. Now we want God to move fast and get it done. God said, I don't have to move no more. It's already done. God said, it's already done. I just need for you to believe in what's already done and quit trying to make it happen. It has already happened, but you got to believe in what has already happened. 
So that's what he's telling us today. And then it goes on to remind us in that same verse. If you go down there to verse 10, well, verse 8. Well, we go to 10. For he that is entered into his rest, he also have ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall. The same example of unbelief. When we enter into his rest, we stop doing what we do to try to make it work. Y'all, I would not have made it these 20 years in ministry, neither my husband, if we didn't enter into his rest. Because our dependency, y'all, we don't have a job. It's Jesus. When things begin to happen, even in the midst of us, when the storms came, the church was tore up, when everything was going on, me and my husband still had to rely on Jesus. And you know what I told Jesus? I said, look, you you called me to this. I didn't call myself. You knew this was coming before it came. So I'm coming to you to ask you what you want me to do. And he told me what to do, y'all. And what he told me to do seemed strange unto me. But I knew it was God, and I said, I sure will do that. He told me who to write. He told me who to email. And guess what? They answered quick, fast, and in a hurry. Why did God do that? Because he loves me. And he know I love him. And he know where my heart is for him. He know how I've been thrown aside with different people. But I still stood and said, God, forgive them. For they know not what they do. I'm talking about it spiritually. They know what they do in the flesh, but they don't know what they're doing spiritually, Christian folk. Because when you dig something for me, you already dug it for yourself. I don't have to do nothing. Vengeance is his. He shall repay, say the Lord. I don't have to come knock at your door and say, quit talking about me. Because God's going to take care of everything that's being said about me. Because when you come against me, you coming against him. Long as I stay in his will, I'm taken care of. So it don't matter what people say or what they think. I've already been justified. I've already been made righteous through him. My life is not my own anymore. It belongs to him. And this is why I had to make my body a living sacrifice. How did I do it? By renewing my mind every day. That when I get out of place, by renewing my mind, it puts me back in place and say, that was not right. I shouldn't have said that. Forgive me. No, that was not right. But some of y'all who have been hanging around me know that when I know something, I'm going to say it. You may not like me. But I have to say it in a loving way to let you know, don't you do that. Because you got to know when God is speaking. So God want us to know it is finished. Quit trying to work it out yourself. Rest in him. Know what God has already done. Search the scriptures for yourself. Anything you need is in the word of y'all. Some people are reading this and don't even know what it's saying. Christians. You read it and sometimes you think you have come up with your own conclusion. But it's not what God is saying. That's why we have to see it with the eyes of the spirit. And know what the spirit has to say unto us. Because sometimes we do miss it. But God will bring us back to truth. We need to get in here more than we get into anything else. And as we get into the word, we're going to see what's right. I can't change this, y'all. It is what it is. I just have to go by what's already written.
So let's rest in him. Let's know that it is finished and we can do everything that God has called us to do and we can complete the work that he has given us to complete. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. So whatever you need today, if it's healing, command your healing. 